What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema. This is episode 48. I am Caleb, your host, your favorite Kung Fu fanatic. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and my lovely wife, Amber. Hey, guys. This isn't just episode 48 of Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema. It is my birthday special episode, even though my birthday's not for another week. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my birthday is on the 28th, but by the time we get back to the studio, my birthday will have already passed. So we decided, let's make this episode my birthday special. So eight days early, we got a birthday special. Um, yeah, I feel really old. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm I'm uh, one year away, or, or, or uh, whenever my birthday rolls around, I'll be one year away from 30. I'll, I'll be out of my prime by then. Don't start. <laughs> what is Joey saying, friends? He's like, he's like, it's uh, let the others grow yeah, old. Yeah, let the others me. grow old, not me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. Let everybody else grow old. But um, but yeah, this is my birthday special. We're gonna have a lot of fun, and it's it uh, it's very uh, fitting, and uh, I, I think it's a funny timing how this is my birthday episode, and there's been a lot of news in the the martial arts film or martial arts entertainment world I'll say there's been a lot of news the last few days um start like just to kick things off uh the trailer the official trailer for Cobra Kai season 5 dropped it looks uh, amazing it looks excellent i think it's i think it's uh, really cool and it's exciting we see like Johnny and Chosen they're going to be fighting together like against all the Cobra Kai uh, the evil Cobra Kai senseis. We see Stephen Thompson and Tyron Woodley, which I didn't even know they were in that show. Well, I knew Tyron Woodley was going to be in it. I did not know Stephen Thompson was going to be in it, and I love Stephen Thompson. We we do watch UFC, and we're both very big fans of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's an amazing fighter. Um, but yeah, I didn't know he was going to be in the show, so I'm really excited. I, he probably won't have like a speaking role or anything like that. He'll probably just kind of be there. But it's cool, you know. It's cool to see him in the show. Um, and uh, it looks—it just looks like a lot of crazy stuff is going to happen. Terry Silver is expanding Cobra Kai. They have all these Cobra Kai's across the whole city, um, and uh, Mike Barnes is back. We didn't see him in the newest trailer, but we saw—we uh, saw—we did see pictures, so we know that Mike Barnes, played by Sean Cannon, is back in the show, which I know is very exciting for many people, especially Cobra—sorry, uh, Karate Kid Three fans, which. Um, us being fans of Karate Kid 3, this is exciting to see Mike Barnes back. And uh, many people are wondering, us included, are wondering, uh, oh, where, 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 where does his uh, allegiance lie? We'll say, is he still going to be a bad guy? Is he going to be a good guy? Many people think it's going to be very interesting if he was actually a good guy this go around. So I think he might be. We'll see. It would be quite the change because yeah. in Karate Kid 3, he was nuts. Like he he was just crazy. <laughs> Evil guy. It was he was absolutely crazy in that in uh, Karate Kid Three. But yeah, it'll be interesting. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's gonna be fun. I think uh, September 9th can't get here fast enough. It's only three weeks though, so it feels I mean, like a long longer. Yeah, it does. But you know, it's um, it's funny. Uh, we we we've talked about this before. Uh, Amber and I have talked about it in, uh, privately before. But it's funny. It, it feels weird because. We were used to waiting till the end of the year or the beginning of the new year for Cobra Kai because season three was released New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and then season four was released New Year's Eve. So we were get we were already kind of adjusted to that. But this one, uh, this season five, it comes out in three weeks, September 9th, you know, so I thought that was really crazy, but I was, at the same time, I was like, hey, at least we don't have to wait till the end of the year, or wait till 2023, so. But when season four finished, they already, they, didn't they say they had already finished, or they were already almost through filming season five? I don't think so. Or they, 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 did they, a, they already started. I they did announce, much. they did announce season five, like, right when season four uh, or like when the trailer for season four came out, I think whenever that first trailer came out, I believe that they said season five was happening. I don't think they had already filmed it though. Um, but yeah, Cobra Kai season five, September 9th. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun ride. We're excited. And they haven't announced season six yet, which is interesting. Um, in the past, the creators of the show have said that they have enough material for six seasons. And I'm not saying that that is no longer the case because we don't know that. I just think it's kind of interesting how they haven't announced season six yet. But it depends on how five ends. We got to wait to see how uh, wait and see where five goes. Um, with Cobra Kai out of the way, we uh, got a, a butt ton of announcements of in the the uh, the Blu-ray world. Uh, starting off, uh, Arrow Video uh, recently announced that uh, they recently announced Shawscope Volume Two, which is huge. Uh, their first one, Shawsco Volume 1, which came out last year, was a very big hit. They had 12 movies. Volume 2 is going to have 14 movies. It comes out in November of this year. Um, it's going to have a lot of really great movies. I'm excited for Volume 2. I think it's going to be even better than Volume 1, which I thought Volume 1 was great. Um, but Volume 2 has got a lot of really great movies on the uh, on the list. It's got all three 36 Chamber movies. It's 36 Chamber Shaolin, Return of 36 Chamber, Disciples of 36 Chamber. It's going to have a, excuse me, it's going to have Jet Li's film, Martial Arts of Shaolin. It's going to have Barefooted Kid. It's got a, it's got a ton of Venom Mob films, uh, Magnificent Ruffians, um, the Kid with the Golden Arm, Invincible Shaolin. It's going to have a, the Kara Hui film, My Young Auntie. It's just, uh, it's, this is huge. Like it's, <laughs> this, this is, uh, this is some really great movies. I think this lineup is even better than the first one. So this is a this is really exciting. Shawsco Volume Two from Arrow Video coming out in November of 2022, and then we're moving over to 88 Films. They just 88 Films just dropped a huge pile on us. In <laughs> as far as there's some there's a there's some imagery for you. Uh, they just dropped a huge load on us of of Blu-ray news. Um, uh, starting off, uh, we all know uh, Super Cop. Uh, the Jackie Chan film Super Cop, also known as Police Story 3. 88 Films is going to be releasing their own version of that film in Region A. So, yay, the U.S. is finally getting a very good presentation of Super Cop. Super Cop sorry, That's going to be out uh, this December. And then we also have uh, some other big things from 88 Films coming out. Uh, namely, Gorgeous, another Jackie Chan film. That comes out in December of this year as well, which I am super excited for that. Gorgeous is a great movie. It has one of my favorite Jackie Chan fight scenes between him and Brad Allen. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, I can't count. Or two hands is not enough to count how many times I've watched that fight scene with Jackie Chan and Brad Allen. It's just amazing. So I'm really excited that they're going to release uh, Gorgeous on Blu-ray. And then uh, t uh, today, 88 Films, or today as of this recording, it's... Uh, it's uh, the 19th, Friday. Um, as of this recording, 88 Films announced today that they're going to be releasing Magnificent Warriors, 
uh, which is a Michelle Yeoh film. They're releasing that on Blu-ray. That's going to be a Region A release. Gorgeous is also Region A. I didn't mention that. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, Magnificent Warriors is going to be a Region A release. And that was interesting because Eureka announced several weeks back that they are also releasing Magnificent Warriors along with Royal Warriors and Yes, Madam. And so whenever I saw that they were releasing Magnificent Warriors, I was, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, the Jackie Chan wars have turned into the Michelle Yeoh wars because uh, 88 and Eureka, they were kind of going back and forth on Jackie Chan releases. Now, now it looks like Michelle Yeoh's uh, getting thrown into the ring there as well. But uh, but but this is this is fun. This is good news. I, I I'm glad that they're releasing this and it's going to be Region A. You know, so I'll probably end up getting that. I like to get as many Region A Blu-rays as I can. I I have a lot of Region B ones as well, but I like to get as much Region A as I can. Uh. Mostly just so I don't have to fire up the region free player because my PlayStation on is more is is on more often than than that, so uh, I won't have to fire up the Blu-ray player with a with a region A one, obviously. And then uh, closing it out for eighty eight films, they also announced that they are releasing a Blu-ray of the Yun Byu film Iceman Cometh, which I have never seen. Iceman Cometh is not the line that Arnold Schwarzenegger says in Batman and Robin, <laughs> Iceman cometh. It's, but, it, but it is, though. <laughs> it is, though. It is. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a UNBU film. I've never seen Iceman cometh, but I do know that um, a movie that I am familiar with is actually a remake of Iceman cometh. It was just called Iceman, and it had Donnie in. That movie is garbage. <laughs> it's really bad. I do not like the movie. That's Donnie's worst movie. And I feel so bad saying that because I love Donnie. But yeah, Donnie's remake of Iceman is not a good movie. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm not sorry. It's just bad. It's not my fault that it's bad. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much all the news as far as as far as like new releases and stuff coming out. Uh, earlier today, Amber and I watched Tekken Bloodline on Netflix. That finally came out. And we completely forgot that it was released. It, it released uh, yesterday, which was the 18th. Um, we completely forgot. And strangely enough, Netflix didn't say anything about it. Like, I I didn't see any posts from them on Netflix or Instagram about it. Unless they did, and I just missed it. But I didn't see anything. And then I realized that it, it had dropped that that uh, that day, and I was like, "Holy shit! I completely forgot about this because they didn't say anything. They didn't remind me." Um, but uh, yeah, Tekken Bloodline came out. We watched all six episodes, and it was okay. It was. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty I, to the point. I was kind of let down because I think they should have drawn it out a little bit more. Yeah. It's only six episodes, and e episodes, sorry, and each episode is like barely thirty minutes. Some are, are it's barely. It's like, are, it's like twenty two minutes. Yeah, some are barely twenty minutes. Like yeah. it, it, it was. It was kind of underwhelming. Um, and uh, and and something else I noticed that a lot of people complained about were the the triangle things. Yeah, the, the shadows. The triangle <laughs> shadows. That was weird. I remember yeah, like yeah. we were watching that and that and that like the the triangle shadows were everywhere and I was like what is this like it's so weird it, it's like literally everything and the lighting is just so weird it's just like shadow and you can see a little bit of the hair the hair's lit just a little bit it, it was <laughs> it was it was very strange but um but they definitely tell the story to yeah. the uh the story is basically to a T yeah the, and but yeah. if you're not a fan if or if you if if you don't know Tekken that well and or you don't you haven't played any of like the before games or whatever 
you might want to do some research before you watch this because this show caters more to the people who already know the story that already have a i'll say an idea of yeah. what the story is and so <clears throat> we don't have to be told you know but other people might be like what is what are they talking about what is, what does that mean and then you yeah. gotta explain yeah um so yeah, do your research before you before you dive into that show if you don't know anything about it. Yeah, it is, it is faithful to the source material. I'll say that, and, and I do like. I'm sure you know this, babe. That the, uh, the there's a lot of uh, whenever the characters are fighting, they're using like actual combos that, yeah, that yeah. you use in the games. It, yeah. it was it was great. Like so the like the fights were cool. I, I like the attention to detail in the fights. Um, so yeah, I mean it was overall pretty solid, minus the fact that the, the triangle shadows were kind of yeah. weird and. <laughs> The um, the story was very rushed. I mean, they only had six episodes, not even thirty minutes long. Uh, um, but I guess they felt they didn't need that. Probably not. But once again, like I said, they cater to the fans. They if they do, they, um, you know. yeah. If they do another season, maybe they'll maybe they'll have a chance to draw it out a little bit more. But I, I would like to see another season. I don't I don't know what they would do. I don't know if they would keep the story going or if they would backtrack and do like a story of Tekken One or Tekken Two because Tekken Bloodline is a story of Tekken Three basically now with they, hints if, of yeah. One and Two in there. Now if they do if they do Tekken Four, yeah, they're gonna need more episodes than Six. Yeah, Four has yeah. a lot of Four, four has, has a lot, a lot of, of stuff shit. that we have to get through. <laughs> yeah, Four has a lot of crazy shit, but um. But yeah, with all that out of the way, that's a, that's a lot of news, a lot of stuff to cover. With all that out of the way, it's time to get to our main topic. And since it's my birthday special episode, we wanted to do something, or or I personally wanted to do something. Amber didn't want to do this. Uh, not that she didn't want to do the episode, that's not what I'm saying. She didn't want to do the topic. Uh, since this is my birthday special, I really wanted to do something a little different. So we're going to take a step away, just for, just, just, just for this episode, we're going to take a step away from... Uh, kung fu movies today. Uh, today, uh, we are not necessarily covering a kung fu movie. We are covering what is basically an action thriller film, a very dark action thriller film. Uh, for those of you who do not know, anyone who um, anyone who I've had a lot of conversations with, and I mentioned it in videos I made and stuff like that, and in, in previous episodes, uh, outside of kung fu movies and other martial arts films, I am a huge fan of South Korean films. South Korea, they just make some truly incredible films. They don't make movies like anybody else. Like you can, really can't do it like they do. And there are a lot of times when people try to replicate a South Korean film. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You Most of the time, like like Old Boy, it's, it's such an amazing movie. And then we got the really crappy <laughs> one with Josh Brolin. Uh, um, and then there was... Uh, this, this this didn't actually happen, but uh, Train to Busan, an incredible zombie apocalypse action film. They were going to remake, do, an, do like an American version of it here, and it was. I heard it. I heard it got canceled. Isn't that what happened? I, I believe. I believe Kid Kong, Chris. I believe he told me that it had been canceled, but it was going to be called Last Train to New York. It was an American version of Train to Busan, but I think he. I think he told me. He did. He told me a. It's been a few months now, but yeah, I, I believe he told me that that the movie had been shelled, but uh, I don't remember. I did dive into it, but I just I don't remember exactly what the story was. But um, but yeah, knowing uh, knowing the track record, I have a feeling that whether it came out or not, I have a feeling that it probably wouldn't have been that good. Um, Amber's trying to double check and make sure that that movie was 
is still in pro uh, in, in development or if it was actually canceled but that's what i had heard um um it says a release date has pulled the train out of the station the last train in new york arrives at its theatrical destination on april 21st 2023 so it wasn't canceled i guess not hmm, that's interesting i um i could have sworn he told me that it that that they had canceled it, um, unless, unless he didn't say that and somebody else told me, I'm not really sure, but, um, or maybe it was supposed to come out sooner and they, they put it back a bit. Uh, I can't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't see anything about, maybe I have to click on news. Oh, wait, here we go. I, I see it. Um, it says, uh, okay, th this is, this is the actual, uh, the actual announcement from, uh, this was a uh, this was a uh, revealed by a uh, collider. Uh, it's uh, it says um this was on July twelfth, twenty twenty two. It says uh, on July twelfth, twenty twenty two, Warner Brothers removed the film off the release schedule with Salem's Lot, another New Line Cinema film, taking its original release. Um, oh, I see it right here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, let's see. Uh, in December twenty twenty one. The film's official title was revealed to be The Last Train in New York, scheduled to be released April 21st, 2023. And then on July 12th, 2022, Warner Brothers removed the film off the release schedule. So, so uh, yeah. Yeah, because it says it was originally set to open next yeah, year, there but now was, they've, take, they've taken it off. Yeah, there was a release date, and now it's up in the air. So, we don't, we don't, we don't know. They just, they just pulled it. So, we don't know if it was canceled or not, but yeah, it's uh it, it's uh it's kind of up in the air i guess yeah. but um but anyway my point was the knowing the track record probably wouldn't have been a very good movie probably wouldn't have been a very typical hollywood zombie film um probably yeah anyway um back to the main topic sorry we got a little off off track <laughs> there off track see what i did train track <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. my bad jokes. Um, anyway, yeah, today we're uh, we're going to be talking about a South Korean action film, my favorite South Korean action film of all time. It is The Man from Nowhere. Uh, this is such an amazing movie. I love it so much. I've spoken very highly of this film many times, and uh, and, and usually whenever it comes to something, a, a thing we complain about a lot on here. With certain films, sorry, let me rephrase that. With certain films, a lot of things that we complain about are when action sequences have a lot of shaky cam, a lot of quick cutting and weird close-ups and stuff like that. Whenever I want, whenever I want to tell someone or, or you know or, or 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 show an example of of that stuff, those techniques being properly used, I always use the man from nowhere i think it's the perfect example of that mm -hmm. and, and and i'll dive more into it when we get to when we get to discussing the ac action sequences excuse me um but yeah we're gonna be talking about the man from nowhere we're gonna take a take a little detour and talk about something that's not a kung fu movie but it's a movie that we both love and i think is really really amazing and it's got some fun action e even even though it's not a straight up martial arts movie it does have some action it's got it's got some fights it's got some glorious violence and a great story. So yeah, we're going to dive into it. The man from nowhere was released in 2010 and it was a, a written, directed and choreographed by Lee Jong bomb. Uh, and for the cast, we have, um, a pretty stat cast. We have a uh, Juan bin, uh, and this was, a uh, this was Juan bin's last film before 
seemingly retiring from acting. He has this was 2010. He has not done a film since. It's now 2022, obviously. Um, but yeah, he seemingly retired after this film. So this was uh, this was his final film. Uh, along with Juan Ben, we have Kim Sai. Uh, these are Korean names, and there's a there's a there's a Thai actor, so I'm probably gonna mess up some of these names. Please excuse me. There's Kim Sai Run, uh, Kim Hee Won, Kim Sung Oh, Kim Tai Hoon, Tony Young, Wong Trokanul. I think that's how you say it. That's the Thai actor I was talking about. Uh, Kim Hyo Seo and Song Young Chong. That's a lot of Kims there. <laughs> yeah, Kim is yeah Kim is the most common yeah. family name in uh, in. Uh, Korea. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a uh, lot of actors with the last name Kim in the uh, in this movie, and they're none of them are related. Probably, no. <laughs> I, not, I don't know that. I can't back that up, but the chances are they're probably not related. But um, no, yeah, that that's our cast. The cast in this uh, every every actor in this movie is fantastic. They all do an amazing job, and uh, and and you know we're not the only ones who think that the man from nowhere is ever since the film's release in 2010 the film has just gotten all kinds of praise i have i have yet to meet someone who did not like this movie i've talked to many people about it like i said um everyone loves this movie i haven't seen anyone who had a bad thing to say about this movie um and just a few examples of that um the man from nowhere is one of very few south korean films to have a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which yeah, that's saying something, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, um, say what you will about it, but when it comes to, when it comes to movie criticism, you know, or what people, what people want to, want to read about whenever, whenever they're going to see a movie, they go to Rotten Tomatoes, you know, before they decide if they want to see a movie, they go to Rotten Tomatoes, see what the score is like, see what the critics are saying, and then they decide whether or not they want to see the film. Um, and uh, you know, and and there, in many years, people have you know, many people have criticized Rotten Tomatoes, you know, for maybe being too harsh on some films or being too generous with some films. But uh, but yeah, I think I think the Man from Nowhere having one hundred percent on there that's definitely saying something. Um, but outside of that, let, let, let's talk about how many. Um, let's talk about all the awards. That the Man from Nowhere has won. The Man from Nowhere has won thirty-one awards, uh, like in various film festivals and other film awards and stuff like that. Uh, five of those awards were Best Actor awards, which went to Won Bin, obviously, and then two of them were for Best Director, which went to Lee Jong Bom. Um, and the uh, the Man from Nowhere was also the highest-grossing film in South Korea in twenty ten. It grossed over forty-two million dollars, and um. And like I said, it, it, the the movies had a very a very long lasting impact. Uh, everyone seems to love it, and and based on my research back when I was doing the John Wick film, um, uh, one of the uh, rumor has it that one of the many inspirations for John Wick was the Man from Nowhere. But there were many other uh, inspirations as well, not just the Man from Nowhere, Old Boy a little bit. Uh, but there was also like Red Circle and a lot of other spaghetti western films and other Hong Kong films and stuff like that. But yeah, rumor has it that the Man from Nowhere played a very small part in inspiring the world of John Wick. So, so yeah, any uh, if anyone out there sees the Man from Nowhere and thinks it's probably a John Wick ripoff, this came first. 
<laughs> um, but um, another thing that's really interesting, talking about John Wick ripoffs, another thing that's interesting with this film is many people have compared it to Taken, the Liam Neeson film, which there are some similarities. Amber is rolling her eyes at me right now, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to be honest here. There are some similarities. So, like when you think about it, Yes, there are. There are. You know, a, a guy has a very dark past. Uh, excuse me, dark past. Um, very particular set of skills. I hate that line, but uh, <laughs> he has a very particular set of skills. Someone close to him was kidnapped. He goes on this very violent rampage to get her back. Yeah, that's that. that that's Pretty a much. that's a very similar formula to Taken. Um, and, and, you know, and Taken inspired. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of Taken. I don't think it's a very good movie. Honestly, I'm just. Being honest, I don't think it's very good. I don't have a problem with Liam Neeson. I think he's cool, but I just don't really care for that movie. The only thing I'm going to say is it was fine until years after it came out, everyone got on this taken hype train and started using like memes and sayings. And and I don't know what inspired people to jump on the train like years later. That's why I hate I don't that. get it. That's but, why I know. hate that line. Like the... Yeah. the <laughs> Like, the, the line when Liam Neeson's character says he has a very particular set of skills. When that movie came out and he said that, everybody was saying that. <laughs> like, at school or, you know, at work, whatever. Everyone's going, like, man, taken, so cool, I have a very particular set of skills. Like, oh my god, will you shut up? <laughs> Just stop saying that. You do not have a particular set of skills. It, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a fine movie. I mean, it's it's fine. But, I, you know, I, I'm not I, a fan. But it's if fine, you, but you know, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, if anyone out there likes it, that's great. You yeah, know, yeah. You know, it's cool. It's cool that you like it. I'm just not a fan, and I don't even. And you know, and I've never bashed anyone for liking the movie. Mm-hmm. Again, if you like it, that's fine. Just the thing that's annoying to me is when people keep saying to have a particular set of skills. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's but it's whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, people would make a lot of comparisons to this and. Uh, uh, taken, but um, honestly, I think this is better. This is taken, but better. Is the <laughs> um, I, I was this close to saying it, and you beat you were gonna me. say that you beat me by like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's taken, but it's better. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, we're gonna go ahead and jump right into the story. Fair warning, uh, Amber really hated me while we watched this film. I warned him. I said, I don't know. I don't know if this movie is almost two hours. Or if it's... Uh, it's uh, How long is it yeah, exactly? I got, I got the runtime right here. 118 minutes. So it's an hour and 58 minutes. I told him... <laughs> Almost two hours. The whole two hours. I just want you to know, I'm, I'm going to hate you. Well, actually, hang on. I'm sorry. That was the wrong movie. This is, a, this is 119 minutes. This is like one minute longer than that. It's an hour and 59 minutes. So I was right. You're so still, I, still right. Yeah, I sorry, two, sorry. I warned him for two hours. I was going to hate him for two hours. Mm-hmm. And he was warned. And I had a right to tell you, because I even said after it was over that I hated you. When we first when we first saw this movie, I told her, I ordered the Blu-ray, and we first, and uh, I told her, I said, hey, I ordered this Blu-ray. Um, I love this movie. I really, I really want to watch it tonight. And she, and she was like, okay, yeah, great. Um, so, yeah, we watched it, and, and yeah. And this was, this, this was one of those moments where I didn't warn her how emotional the movie can be. And so, so she she was just bawling by the end of it. No, it was bad. <laughs> I bawled the first time. Oh my god! I I think I was like sobbing when I told you I hated you. Mm. This time wasn't no better. 
I had to get up and go to the bathroom and wipe my eyes after it was over. Yeah. It wasn't any better the second go around. I said, I'm never watching it again. Great movie. That's fine. But I can't. Yeah. I can't handle it. Yeah, we have a we have a bad track record of watching martial arts films that are that end up being very emotional and she uh she she gets very choked up can't by the handle end. It. <laughs> um but anyway, yeah. Uh we're gonna go ahead and uh go ahead and dive into the story. So the man from nowhere, it's the story of um of a guy who's very reclusive. His only friend is this little girl. Um her mom does some stupid shit frankly um and and then her and the and the and the girl and our main character they get they get wrapped up in this really crazy uh scheme of human trafficking and organ trafficking and drugs and just all this other crazy stuff um and you know and the police are hot on their trail the whole time it's a very intense movie a lot of stuff happens so the film opens up with um with a uh, a drug bus, sorry, with a uh, drug bus, we uh, we we are introduced to one of our main characters, Kim Chi Gon, who is a police detective. Kim Chi Gon is played by Kim Tae Hoon. Um, yeah, he is a he's a cop, and he's getting ready with his team. They're fixing to bust a drug dealer who is known as Bear, really big dude. Obviously, if he's it's a big guy, you know, or if his name is Bear, he's probably a really big guy. See, this is a big dude. Um, so yeah, they're getting ready to bust this big drug dealer named Bear. Um, uh, Bear, he uh, he's at this dance club, or dance club. Sorry, it's, it's more like a strip club. Um, tomato, tomato. <laughs> no, dance club is where everybody's just dancing. This is a strip club. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, so he's a uh, Bear's at a strip club. He meets with a buddy and uh, he he hands off some uh, some opium to him um, while. Uh, while this guy is in the back, he's uh, uh, he's like back in the locker room. We meet uh, Hyo Jong, who is played by a uh, Kim Hyo Seo. She uh, she's she's a dancer at the club, and she's also an opium addict. Uh, she sees this guy. Uh, she she sees this guy take the opium, and her boyfriend, who is also an opium addict and, and a very low level drug uh, drug dealer, he tells her. He he gets her to steal the opium from this guy. So so she steals the opium from uh from Bear's uh, accomplice, I'll say. And then we see Bear, he uh, he gets up to leave, but then the uh, cops show up, and we get a pretty quick fight scene. It's a very, very quick scuffle, but um, but I like uh, I like how uh, I like how Detective Kim, I like how he uh, he subdues Bear. He 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 basically uses like judo. He uses the dude's own momentum against against him. He like chokes him, and then he just. He just hit tosses them and knocks them out. It, it, it was very, it's very clever. It's quick, but it's clever. Um, uh, then uh, later on, we meet our main character, Cha Tai Shik, who is played by Wan Bin. Um, he is a reclusive pawn shop owner. He doesn't have any friends. Everybody, not everybody, many people who know of him say he's 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 a creep. He's probably a criminal. All that other stuff. Um, and the only person who like has any kind of connection with him, the only person he really talks to, is a little girl named So Me. So Me is played by Kim Sai Run, uh, and So Me is the daughter of Hyo Jong, the dancer who stole the opium in the previous scene. Um, so uh, yeah, we uh, we see him, 
works at this pawn shop. Somi is always there. She's she's always just bothering him and just talking nonstop. She's a little girl. That's what kids do, you know. <laughs> she's just talking nonstop, and he's just kind of sitting there, uh, just maybe listening to her, maybe not. He's just kind of sitting there, letting her, letting her just letting her just talk away. And um, but something we do see is that uh, evidently they spend a lot of time together. You know, they they they, they eat together and you know, just just other stuff like that. Um, but anyway, um, while while Tai Shik and So Me, while while uh, while they're having a little a uh, little uh, little lunch, uh, So Me's mother Hyo Jong she shows up and she pawns the uh, the opium to Tai Shik. So what she did is that she took the opium, hid it in this camera, and then she pawned it to Tai Shik for safekeeping, basically. Although Tai Shik obviously doesn't know that opium is in there, he just thinks, oh, it's a camera. She's pawning me a camera. So. Um, so yeah, she pawns it to him, um, and then uh, later on we see Bear. He is released. He is released from the police station, and he goes back to his boss, Oh Myung Gyu, who is played by um, Song Young Chong. Um, yeah, Oh Myung Gyu. He also has these other two subordinates work for him. Uh, they're they're two brothers named uh, Man Sok and Jong Sok. They are uh, they're 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 basically our main antagonists here, and uh, and. They do some bad shit. Like, these guys are terrible people. Uh, so, um, so yeah, Bear, he's released. He returns to Oh Myung Gyu, and he tells him that the opium was stolen. And so, um, Oh Myung Gyu, he tells the brothers, Mansok and Jong Sok, to uh, find out who took the opium and get it back. Um, so, um, uh, later on, we see, uh, we see, uh, uh, Hyo Jong, Somi's mother, um, she uh she's getting beaten up by her boyfriend so he's like watching this happen and then she, uh then afterwards it, it, it's it's uh it's a difficult scene um and then uh but after she after her boyfriend beats her she gets high so me leaves and she goes to a tai shik's place um who he uh he lives next door to her um so she goes to his place uh and just um tells Tai Shik what happened and Tai Shik lets her stay there for the night. Um the uh next day we see Tai Shik, he gets on a train and he rides to this other town and he goes to visit a uh a grave. He visits the grave of a woman named um uh Yun Su. Um which uh we also see we we get a, a bit of a flashback. There's a couple of flashbacks, and then we get like the whole thing later on. But there's a bit of a flashback where we see her when she was alive, but then it just cuts away. Uh, tai Shik is headed back to the city, and he uh, he sees So Me in like in the middle of the city. She's gotten in trouble with the cops because she tried to steal her classmate's backpack. And um, and whenever So Me sees Tai Shik, uh she tries to ask him to help her out in the situation, but he just walks away, acts like he doesn't know her. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He just walks away. Um, uh, and then, um, uh, later that night we see so me, she goes to a convenience store and the, the old man who runs a convenience store, he's a nice guy. Like he, he, he knows so me pretty well. And he, he knows how difficult her life is. And, um, and she actually goes to the store and steals, like, some candy from him. Was it candy, I think? I believe so. Yeah, she, like, steals some candy from his store. And Tai Shik followed her. And um, 
and he tried to pay like for the, the 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 stuff that she stole, but the old man was like, "I ah, just don't worry about it. Just like leave, leave her be. Like she's having a difficult time and all that. And so just don't worry about it." And so, and so we see Taishik. He uh he follows Somi home, and he's um asking her, you know, if she's upset with him because you know he ignored her earlier. Cue and, the first crying scene. Yeah, <laughs> first first crying scene. This is a great scene too. Somi tells Taishik that she uh she basically tells him, you know, he's the only person that she likes, so she's not gonna hate him because it would be too painful. She doesn't want to hate him. She's upset with him, but she's not gonna hate him. And yet this scene is gut wrenching. <laughs> it's it's very emotional. And 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 the girl, Kim Sairon, who plays Somi, she does excellent in this scene. Juan Ben is great too. Like you can see like the hurt in his in his in his eyes and he's crying a little bit too. Like it's it's a great scene. Um but anyway, yeah, Somi, like she says this stuff to to Tai Shik and then she leaves, she goes back home and um and she sees she she goes home to find her mom being tortured by the brothers, Mansock and Jonsock. They they found her, they figured out she was the one who stole the opium, so they found her and they're torturing her right in front of Somi. And then um, she tells, uh, I guess the mother, I guess Hyojong told them that uh, that Tai Shik had it. Like we don't see her tell them, but we just see we see um, we see Bear and another gangster named Do Chi in uh, in Tai Shik's apartment, and they're telling him, you know, you're going to help us find the uh, the opium, and, um, and and this is this is a cool scene. Um, so whenever they uh, Whenever, whenever a Taishik walks into his his apartment and he sees, he sees Bear and Dochi standing there, um, he's like, he's like, who the fuck are you? And uh, Dochi pulls out a knife and he says, "You're gonna help us." He's like, "You're gonna help us find something." And then Taishik disarms him, like just just like that. He just disarms the knife from him and throws him in the sink and he and he says, "Get out." And then. Uh, and then we meet another another of uh, another guy who was a subordinate of the the brothers, a um, a Thai uh, a Thai uh, assassin, I'll say, a guy named Ramrawan. Um, and uh, we we meet Ramrawan, and he is um, and he's on the phone with the brothers. He gives he gives the phone to Tai Shik, and and the brothers tell him that they've got Somi and they've got her mother, and uh, and so Tai Shik he gives. He finds the camera that the mother pawned to him, and he gives it to them, and they find the opium in there. And um, and there's also really another really quick scuffle between Tai Shik and Bear that we don't see. We just we see Tai Shik, or we don't see him do it. We see the window. He apparently threw Bear into the window, and there's like there's steel bars covering it, so he doesn't fly out the window, but he just hits it, and then we see him laying on the ground. Um, we don't see it. Which, when we first watched this movie, I was kind of disappointed right there. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it in a second. But, um, so yeah, he, he knocks, uh, he knocks Bear out. And then, um, Ramrawan, he shoots Bear and kills him. And something Ramrawan noticed is that when he shot Bear, Taishik didn't flinch. He just stood there and watched him. Um, and Ramrawan mentions, like, later on, he says, he didn't flinch when I killed him. Like when I killed Bear, he said he didn't flinch. He said there's something weird about this guy. This guy's different. Um, so anyway, yeah, they get the opium back, but they kidnap Somi and Hyo Jong anyway. 
Uh, Tasha tries to chase after them, but he can't catch up to them. Um, uh, the, uh, the next day, Tasha tries calling the police, but they're not really helping. Like, they're just asking a bunch of stupid questions. As always. Yeah. <laughs> they're just asking a bunch of stupid questions, and so he decides he's not gonna, he's not gonna ask the police to help, because they can't really do anything for him, obviously. Um, but anyway, the next day, Tyshik, um, he gets another call from the, from the brothers, um, and they tell him, if you, if you want the girl and her mother back, we want you to, uh, to make a delivery for us. And so they tell him to go, uh, go to this, uh, go to a train station and open up this locker. There's some, uh, there's some drugs in there. We want you to deliver the package to, uh, to Oh Myung Yu. Um, after you do that, you'll get the girl and her mother back. So, um, so Taishik, he, he goes and he finds the, he finds the package and he goes to, uh, he goes to the, uh, the driving range, you know, where golfers go to like just hit, hit balls off into the, off into the range. He goes to the driving range because Omiyoung Yu is hanging out there all the time. Um, he goes to the driving range and, uh, to deliver the package and, <laughs> And Myung Yu, he doesn't know who the, who Tai Chick is. He thinks Tai Chick is some Chinese guy who's like there to discuss business with him. Um, and you can clearly see that he is not Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. So Myung Yu, he yeah he thinks Tai Chick is some Chinese guy who's there to discuss business with him. Um, but uh, while uh, uh, Tai Chick, he he hands the, he hands the package to Myung Yu and he says. There, I deliver the drugs and I let 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 the girl go. And Milky's like, "What are you talking about?" And uh, and then the police show up. Turns out the brothers they called they made an anonymous call to the cops after talking to Tai Shik. So yeah, the brothers Mansock and Jongsaw they have double crossed Myung Yu and Tai Shik. Um, uh, Yu he gets away. Tai Shik tries to he goes after him. He get he gets in the car and tries to chase after him and and they uh their their cars collide with each other with each other, sorry. And but Myung Yu he just gets out and runs away. Tai Shik tries to chase after him, but the cops catch him, and Tai Shik also notices in the trunk of his car is Hyo Jung's uh, body. Somi's mother was killed off camera and uh her organs have been harvested. It's just her body, and you can see like her body's been cut open, and her eyes are gone. Yeah, her, her organs were harvested. So, um, so yeah, Taishik's been arrested, and he is he is now a suspect in this murder because they found the body in his car. Um, he is a uh, yeah, he's now a suspect. They're trying to uh, find. Um, they're like trying to find any records of him, and they can't find anything. Like there's there, there's there's a lock on his records, and so. Um. Uh, while they're um, while they're trying to figure that out, uh, you got cops at the station trying to figure out what's up with Tyshik's records, and then you got Detective Kim. He's off investigating uh Tyshik's apartment and trying to trying to find a link between him and the and the killing and all that. Um. Uh, and, and there's a funny scene too whenever, <laughs> whenever Tyshik is being interrogated by the. Uh, by one of the police. There's another guy who got arrested with him. It was a Chinese translator. And uh, he asked, <laughs> he asked the, the cop interrogating him. He like raises his hand and the cop says, what? And he goes, uh, he's like, do we get snacks? <laughs> That's what he's like, concerned about. Like, no, we don't get snacks. Um, but anyway, Tai Shik, he, uh, he escapes. And the way he did it was clever. He's got his, he's got his, uh, his left hand, 
handcuffed to a chair. His right hand is free, and, and they actually do give them some food. But Tyshek, he tells a cop, he says, I'm left-handed. And the cop goes, oh, okay. And he goes, and he uncuffs him so he can eat with his left hand, and he knocks the cop out and leaves. <laughs> that was really clever. But at the same time, like, that cop is an idiot. You should have handcuffed yeah, you the should right have hand handcuffed first. the other hand. You don't just uncuff the guy. <laughs> um, so, uh... So yeah, uh, Tyshik, he uh, he escapes, and, and they they watched the the security camera footage of him escaping. He got out in like what like forty five seconds. It didn't take him that long to get out, or like three yeah, minutes. not long at all. Three minutes and forty five seconds. He got out. He got out of there in a matter of minutes. Um, so um, so then we cut back over to uh, to so me so me. Uh, she was still being held by the brothers, but the brothers sell her to this old lady um, who who kidnaps children and, and, and this place is uh she takes her, takes so me to a place called the ant's nest um and uh but yeah she uh so me was sold to this old lady who runs this ant's nest and uh what they do is they use kids to uh to run drugs and money and stuff like that um and and they put so me at a house that's got yeah it's got a whole bunch of other kids there too um after Tyshik escapes from the prison, we come back. Uh, we come back to him. He escapes from the police station. Uh, Detective Kim and the other cops they return to the station and they see what Tyshik did on the security cameras, and then they also uh, they finally they, they they finally get the his records that they were looking for, and they learn that Tyshik was a special agent for the South Korean Army Intelligence, and uh, he had you know he's a very decorated soldier very skilled in hand-to-hand combat. He's a very dangerous man. Um, and they, uh, they also, uh, they also learn that, um, uh, whenever his records disappeared, it happened right after his wife was killed. He, he had a wife, um, who was killed in a car accident and he was also shot at the scene. And that's all they know. They don't really know all the details. They just know that his wife was killed in a car accident and he was also shot at the scene. Um, and, and while that's happening, we get another really quick fight scene where Ty Shik, so whenever he escaped from the police station, he went to this alley and he found the cell phone that he had. They gave him a phone. It's just a burner phone. So he finds the phone in the alley that he threw away and he tracks the, he tracks it to the guys who like sell these burner phones to all the criminals. And so, um, we get another really quick fight scene where he's fighting these guys in the, uh, and they're like little hideout where, where they sell all the phones. And and this is this is pretty good too. It's really quick and I like how it's interspersed with them explaining his background and all that. Um but anyway, uh uh Ty Shik, he uh uh he finds out that uh that one of the uh that one of the criminals, Doshi, who was with uh, with Bear in the apartment earlier, he um uh he tracks Doshi to a dance club and um and he uh and he confronts him in in the uh, bathroom and uh this this is a this is another fight scene get and i like this one and this and this is where this is what i was talking about whenever we whenever you want to see like shaky cam and quick cuts done correctly so here yeah tai shik he tracks dochi to the dance club uh finds him in the bathroom and um and he's got a knife and he's torturing Doshi. He's like, he's like got the knife like in his collarbone or in his shoulder. And he's just digging it in there trying to find out where Somi is. 
Um, and then Romerlin, he comes in and he uh, he shoots Dochi and kills him. And then Ty Shik, he's hiding in a in one of the bathroom stalls. And uh, but then um, he comes out and he him and Romerlin start fighting. And this fight scene is very um, it's very erratic. And 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 the camera work shows that as well because um, they fight they fight in one of the stalls. It's very it's very tight space. But what they're doing here is I like I like the camera work. Usually, like and this and this feels kind of weird because this is like something that we would probably be complaining about. But that's the thing, they're doing it correctly here. It's it's not like it's not like they're cutting with every single movement like they do in a lot of other movies. It's like it's like it's like you don't even notice. It's like it's you're watching it and you're like yeah. So you don't get like distracted. So yeah, there are a lot of quick cutting. There's a lot of quick cuts, but what they do is, um, each cut leaves just enough time for you to see each movement. When it's when it's done incorrectly, what they do is. Like, with just one movement, I'm doing the motion here, you can't see, but just, like, one movement, you throw one punch, and there's, like, three different cuts. There's, like, there's, like, there's, like, a close-up of me throwing it, and then there's a faraway angle where you see both of us, and then there's another cut of me hitting the person in the face. They don't do that here. Here, he throws the punch, cuts, it lands, cut again. That, that, that's, that's the right way to do it. You don't want it, you don't want too much in one movement. So, here, it's just the right amount. We don't need five different angles of the same. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It leaves it leaves enough time for each, for each for each uh, each strike to land. Like like first cut is throwing the strike. The second cut is it landing, and then they move to the next thing. Um, And and the camera shakes a bit too, but it's not as it's not as just like crazy as uh, you guys can't see me, but I was just like. I was like, like thrusting my hands everywhere. I'm like flailing everywhere. That's kind of what it's like with the camera. Like you watch a movie, and you see, uh, you see uh, the camera just shaking really bad, and you're probably thinking, like, what was the cameraman doing? Was he just like doing all over the place with the lens? Or it's like when they um, film somebody running, and they're running behind them, and you're like, he's actually like trucking it behind him, trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just makes you nauseated. Yeah. So. um but here, it, it is shaking, but much like what they did with the raid, it's not shaking to the point of obscuring everything. Yeah. You can still make out perfectly what's happening. Um, so, yeah, uh, during during this fight, uh, Tai Shik, he gets shot in the stomach. Um, uh, and Ron Rowan, he runs off. Tai Shik follows him, and uh, and he sees he sees Mansok, one of the brothers, uh, Mansok, he he leaves a phone for Taishik and um, and runs off, and um, and Taishik he picks up the phone and he steals a car, tries to chase after him, and um, uh, and he he calls Mansok on the phone, and Mansok is telling him that that the girl's already dead and that he's gonna take her her eyes out and sell them because again this this guy's into organ trafficking and everything, so um. So yeah, he 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 uh, he's saying you know she's already dead. I'm gonna take her eyes and all that other stuff. Um, uh, uh, a- after this quick conversation, uh, Tai Shik he uh, he finds his old partner Moon Dalseo, um, and uh, yeah, Moon Dalseo he was played by um, uh, Joe Sakyon. 
um, he, uh, yeah, like I said, he was Ty Shake's like former partner. Like they were, they, they, they were special agents together, that sort of thing. Obviously, um, so yeah, he finds Moon Dalseo and uh, uh, Dalseo. He, um, he fixes him up. He gets the bullet out of his stomach, and he gives him a gun. And Dalseo, he he warns him. You know, he tell, he, uh, like like we see them having a conversation. He tell, and he tells Ty Shake, he says, whatever it is, don't do it because you're probably gonna get yourself killed or you're gonna get somebody else killed this is a bad idea but die shook he says no I, I have to he said this this, this this he blames himself for this happening and uh it's just and, and there's a really great scene too where you see him just kind of standing out in the open and he's smoking a cigarette and he, just that look on his face he's it looks like he's just taking it all in maybe he's like trying to enjoy his final mo- moments because you know he's He's thinking, he's probably thinking he might die, but like going to do this. So he, so I, I like to think of this scene as him just kind of try, trying to like enjoy just a, a few minutes of peace before going to probably get himself killed. Right. Um, uh, and then, and, th- and this is where we get the, uh, the final flashback of, um, of the woman, uh, Yeonsu, who like uh, Taishik went visited her grave earlier in the film, uh, yeah, Yan Su was Taishik's wife. She was the one that, um, which you, you guys probably saw that coming. Uh, <laughs> Taishik uh, and Yan Su were married. Um, uh, we see a flashback where Yan Su found out that she was pregnant, and her and Taishik were very happy. Uh, one day, uh, while Taishik is um, is shopping, he was shopping for baby clothes, wasn't he? Like baby shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby shoes. Um, he was shopping for some baby stuff. Um, while he was in the store, his wife, Yonsu, she was sitting in the car waiting for him. Um, on his way out, he gets a phone call. He answers the phone, but there's nobody on the other line. And while, uh, as he's on the phone, this huge, like, dump truck just comes out of nowhere and hits his car with Yonsu in there. Completely smashes the car. And then guy gets out and he shoots uh, Taishik right there on the sidewalk. So yeah, this guy was an assassin. He was trying to kill him. Which, you know, obviously when you're a special agent for army intelligence, that kind of thing can happen. You make a lot of enemies and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and, and that's where we see that's that's what happened. And this scene is also gut-wrenching. This was second crying scene. <laughs> the second of... Uh, I'd say there's probably, what, four crying scenes in this movie? <laughs> I'm asking you, babe. I think the first time. Like, how many how many crying scenes do you think there are? <laughs> this time, like when we watched it. Yeah. This time, yeah, I, sure. I only cried twice. Okay. I cried at the first scene and then at the end. So the first time, I want to say. I know the first time we saw it, you cried in this. Scene. I probably cried the whole damn movie the first time. <laughs> the first time, I probably cried the whole damn thing. But yeah, probably this scene, I probably bawled too. I'm pretty sure you did when we watched it the first time probably one of those I hate you moments that I was Mm -hmm. screaming at you (laughs) um but uh anyway um anyway uh uh Ty Shik uh we we yeah we got that flashback and then we cut back to him in the present day he uh he cuts his hair throughout the whole movie Ty Shik's hair is like really long like an emo hair like an emo (laughs) emo Korean boy band look going on and uh and he and he gets uh, he gets some clippers and he uh, he doesn't shave his head because he still has a little bit on the top but he cuts most of his hair off, um, uh, 
and then he get, he gets a gun, and um, uh, uh, Tyshik he gets a call from Detective Kim, and Detective Kim tells him that So Me is alive because they've got camera footage of her at an ATM taking out like eight thousand dollars out of the ATM, and so uh, and, and they tell him that uh that the ATM was near uh, Gasson Station. So yeah, Taishik, he decides, okay, I'm going to go check out Gasson Station. Um, and then we get another scene where um, Somi is, uh, we, we cut back and we see Somi in the ants nest with all the other kids. And Romerlin is there too. And he's got a cut on his forehead from his fight with Taishik earlier in the, in the dance club. And Somi, she puts a band-aid on his head, like over the cut. And, um, and you see Romerlin, he has this look on his face, like... Like a like wow, like this girl is this girl is so nice. Like like he he has that look on his face. Like no one has ever treated him that way before. No one's ever done something nice for him, mm-hmm. which is uh, which I, I guess makes sense. A guy who's an assassin kills people for a living. And yeah, he probably didn't have a great upbringing. Obviously, um, excuse me. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Taishik he heads to uh, Gasson Station and he sees a uh, and he sees a kid take um take a take a a toy out of a crane machine but the reason this is is a, is a significant is because when he sees the crane machine there's an out of order sign on it but he looks in there and he sees a um a little toy uh, like fire truck i think and it looked just like the one that he had delivered to myung Yu earlier in the film so he found this uh whenever he got that package it was in like a, this like little toy truck package and there was like a little bag of drugs in there and he noticed that and so he's he says okay then Whatever it is, it's probably going to happen right here. So he 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 waits. He like he like goes off a distance from the crane machine, and he just sits there and waits. And then he sees a little kid come by, and the kid uses the crane machine and takes a uh, takes that little toy truck out of there. And then he follows the kid throughout the city, and the kid goes uh, goes to uh, like it was like an arcade, wasn't it? Uh, he goes to an arcade, and um, and then Taishik he sees him like get, give the give the package to these guys and then the guys give him uh give him a bunch of atm cards and then he follows the kid to an atm and the kid uses like 50 different atm cards <laughs> and takes all that money out of the out of the atm and so taishik realizes okay that's what they got so me doing so he follows the kids some more but then a couple of cops happen to be walking by and they notice taishik because remember you know He's a wanted man right now. They notice Taishik, and so they chase after him. Taishik is able to subdue them, and he sees a kid. He sees the kid get into a van, and so he chases. Uh, he gets. He steals a taxi, and he chases after the uh, after the van, and he follows the van to a uh, a drug lab that is being ran uh, ran by Jung Suk, and he has a whole bunch of kids in there working for him, and um and they this is also where they where they store all the all the bodies of people that they, that they kill and then harvest their organs. Um, he, uh, uh, there's a, there's a funny scene. So whenever, whenever Taishik is fixing to make his move and kill all these people in there, he's, uh, we see this dude and he's got like a needle with some drugs. He's probably going to use it on one of the kids, but, um, Taishik just shows up like in the doorway and the guy, the guy turns, turns around and he sees Taishik just standing there in the doorway and he just smiles <laughs> and then Taishik kills him. Um, and then, uh, and then we see, uh, Taishik, he, he finds Jong Sok and he, uh, 
and he shoots him in the leg, and then he just starts torturing him. He's shooting him with a nail gun, like putting nails in this dude's leg. It's a gruesome scene. Um, and he calls his brother Mansock. He calls him and uh, tells him, and and he like he can hear Jong Suk being tortured over the phone, and he tells us uh, Tai Chick. He tells Mansock. He says he he says I want So Me delivered to me within the hour, or your brother's gonna die. Um, but man's like he just he just like loses it and he and he uh he gets in the car to head to, to the drug lab and he tells one of his other lackeys to uh he says call Romerlin and tell him that I'll uh, tell him I want the girl's eyes cut out and so yeah he heads to the drug lab he or he, he he's headed to the drug lab but then uh we cut back and we see Ty shake he blows the drug lab up um so yeah drug lab gets uh, blown up uh Jong Suk dies um. Well, let's and, mention he got all the kids out first. Yeah, he did get all the kids out. I, yeah, I didn't want to leave that part out. Sorry. Yeah, he did get all the kids out. Um, so then we cut back and we see Romerlin. He has Somi, and they're in an ambulance, and uh, and there's a surgeon in there with them, and uh, he is fixing to uh, he's gonna put Somi to sleep, and he's gonna cut her eyes out. But before he can, like we see, uh, this is a good, a good scene too. Like for uh. For Kim Sairon, the girl who plays Somi, um, the the surgeon tells her that he killed her mother, and you can see like she is just in shock and she's sad and she's like and she's like saying I don't believe you, it's like I, I like I want to see my mom again. She looks at Romerwan and she tell she tells him she's like you promised that I would see my mom again and all that other stuff. And you see Romerwan, he is very conflicted and he's sad, you know. And but then the surgeon he puts Somi to sleep with anesthesia, and then it just cuts away. We don't know what happens after that. Um, but we actually, you know, we, we do get one more scene. Sorry. We do get one more scene where the surgeon, he's like fixing to cut her eyes out. He's got, he's got them like pried open with the hooks or whatever, which is very disturbing. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, he's got them like pried open with the hooks and he's going to cut them out, but then it cuts away. We don't know what happens. Um, and then we see Ty Shik. He, he, uh, he arrives at Mansock's, uh, condo, goes into this room and everyone is just sitting in there and Mansock, he, um. He throw uh, doesn't throw rolls. He rolls this container to Tai Shik, and it, yeah, it's a container that's got eyes in it. And he tells Tai Shik that those are the girl's eyes. Or that's what he believes. Um, he te- yeah, he he says those are her eyes. And um, this is a fucked up line too. Like he says, uh, he because uh, Tai Shik asks them where so me and Mansock throws the uh, rolls the, the container to him, and he says. Uh, he says she went to heaven to find her mom, but she can't find her with her eyes. Like whenever he said that, I remember the first time I watched it, and he said that I was like, "Oh, you bastard!" <laughs> He's like, "You sick bastard!" Um, and we and Ty Shik, I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> Ty Shik. He he sees the he sees the container of eyes just laying there, and he breaks down. He starts crying, and he's like on his knees and everything. It's a it's a very riveting scene, uh, but um, uh, but then. We get just many, oh, hell many minutes of just wonderful, wonderful havoc and violence. Ty shit goes ape shit. Like, he just goes berserk. And he just starts killing everybody. He pulls his gun out. He's shooting everyone. Pull, then he pulls out his knife. And he's just cutting and slicing and stabbing everybody. He kills this one dude by cutting his wrist he cuts that artery right there and that dude just bleeds out from the wrist like that is uh 
that makes me cringe because like the blood is just like spraying out. That's probably what would happen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to find out. But um, but uh, but yeah, like that 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 that's a really crazy scene. And um, uh, and there. <laughs> There's another part. I thought this was kind of funny where he's hiding behind that statue and him and Romerlin are just trading gunshots. Um, and he sees this one dude kind of a few feet across from him and he's like in the corner all scared and cowering. But he's not, he's not hiding or anything. He's just like in he's the open. He's just kind of sitting there and he looks like really scared and Ty Shik just shoots him. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. I guess because, I guess because it was, he was just like right there and he just looks at him and sees him crying and then he just, when they tell <laughs> just shoots him. <laughs> when they tell you to duck and cover, you're supposed to cover. Mm-hmm. Don't just sit in the open and then, you know, he's like sitting and you can see him like, yeah, like he's, from like here there. he's like literally three feet across from him. Um, Dumbass. Yeah, and so uh, so yeah, Ty Shik, he he's just shooting and slicing everybody up, and um, and then we get uh, after he kills everybody, all that's left is Romerlin. So it's just Romerlin and Ty Shik. They're gonna have a rematch, but this time, like the first was hand to hand, they're fighting in the bathroom and all that. But this time, we have the greatest knife fight you will ever see in your life watch any movie that's got a knife fight they don't top this one i love this knife fight i talk all the time about how great this knife fight is i love it so much so yeah ty shik and ronald they have a knife fight um excuse me ty shik he's got his he's just got his pocket knife and ronald he has a um uh crap i'm forgetting what it's called it's a it's the uh it's um it's the it's the curved knife uh that, that you see like see a lot of practitioners use. I can't remember what it was called. Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't ask damn, me because I have it's no bother- idea. It's bothering me now. Sorry, I'm forgetting what it's called. Um anyway, uh yeah, so he uh Rom Roman, he's got that curved knife. Uh, it's got the ring on it, and so you know you can spin it around with your with your finger. Um <laughs> uh I feel so stupid for uh, Karambit. Yeah, that's what it's called. I knew it started with a K. That's it, Karambit. Sorry. So yeah, <laughs> Romroin. He's got the he's got his Karambit knife, and um, and yeah, they, they just start fighting. And this fights this this knife fight is just, oh my god, it's so cool. Um, I, I like I like how long it holds on both of them because you know like whenever it does that that like mid shot and you see both of them, they're both in frame and they're both just like trading. Like it, the choreograph, the choreography here. Sorry, choreography is just—it's very slick, and I like how long the camera holds on them. It holds on them for a good twenty, twenty-five seconds, mm-hmm. I, and that's a long time. Like for holding a shot, like that's a long time. Um, but um, yeah, it, I like how it it holds on both of them. It's shaking a little bit, but again, this is supposed to be like very frantic. It plays into it. It works. Um, but yeah, they um. So yeah, they, they keep trading. We see Ronan. He does like a he he does a cool like little trick uh, trick motion with the with the knife. Like their arms are kind of locked up, and he spins the knife to to cut Taishik's arm. Um, and then uh, but Taishik he he kills Ronan by like he he ties him up and pushes him against the wall and just stabs him several times in the in the chest. And then he bites his hand. But but he did that because. So he's holding, yeah, he's he's holding Romerwin's arm because he's got the knife and he's like trying to hold his arm from to keep him from cutting his throat. But he's also trying to kill him, so he holds his arm by biting it, and then he just stabs him one more time in the chest and kills him. Um, 
And then we see uh we see Mansock and one of his other lackeys, like the only two that are left. They're run they run into the parking garage or getting in Mansock's car. Ty Shik finds him and he kills the the other lackey, but then Mansock he gets in the car and locks the door and he calls the cops and tells the cops that there's a crazy guy there trying to kill him. And um and so uh and so Ty Shik, he catches up to the car and he tries to shoot Mansock through the windshield, but the windshield is bulletproof. And uh, and Mansock's laughing and he's like he's like you dumbass it's bulletproof he's like the, I called the cops they're on their way I'm not going anywhere and then um and then Ty Shook, he he de- he decides that he's just going to keep shooting the windshield until it breaks because yes it's bulletproof but if you hold the gun close enough and shoot enough times the glass can only take so much eventually it's gonna break. So he just keeps shooting it, and it, and there's a little hole, and he's got one bullet left, and he says he says he says, well, he says one bullet left, and Mansock's like screaming, and Ty Shik shoots him in the head, like through the through that little bullet hole in the windshield. Um, so yeah, Ty Shik has killed everybody. Um, he believes So Me is dead. And out of grief, he is fixing to kill himself. He didn't have just one bullet left. He had a whole a whole other clip with him. So he he puts that clip in the gun, and he's he's fixing to kill himself. But then, Somi emerges from the ambulance. She's alive. Um. Uh, and this is a, this is a, a, again this is like cry scene number five. <laughs> um. Somi she sees Taishik and she's and she's like crying and saying, "You can't you you came for me. You came to save me." And Ty Shik is hugging her, and but well, he's not really hugging her. She's hugging him, and he's just kind of standing there, but he's crying too. Um, and then, uh, and then the police arrive, and they they take Ty Shik and Somi. And then we also see the um, the surgeon from earlier, the one who was going to cut Somi's eyes out. He's dead. His eyes have been cut out. Romerwin killed the surgeon off camera. And uh, and when we when I saw that the first time, I was like, oh man. Like Romerwin saved the girl. Like I like like that kind of sucks for him because but not that he saved her. It's a good thing that he saved the girl, but Taishik didn't know that and he killed him. You know, so this so he so you know he still died. So like so knowing he saved the girl and then he he died, I was like, I felt kind of bad. I was like, oh man. Man, that sucks. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah, the police they take Taishik and Somi, they put him in a car and they're driving back to the city. Um, but while they're in the car, Tyshik asks the, asks Detective Kim, who's driving the car, he asks Detective Kim if, uh, if he can make a, make a little pit stop for him, if he, you know, if he wouldn't mind. And so they stop at the convenience store, the one that's run by that old man that they were in at the beginning. Um, so, uh, <laughs> whenever the old man opens up the store, he sees the roads are completely blocked off and there's police everywhere. So me and Tyshik are standing there and then the old man, he sees so me and he's like, like oh what kind of trouble have you gotten yourself into now <laughs> and um and then we see Tai Shik he is buying Somi a backpack and uh and like all this other school supplies all kinds of other stuff because you know earlier she didn't have a backpack she tried to steal her classmates so he buys her one here and he tells Somi you know it ends with him telling Somi you know first he tells her he's sorry that he ignored her earlier um and he tells her um he says, you're going to be on your own now because the police have to take me away because I did some terrible things. But, um, he's like, but I, he's like, I know you, I know you'll be fine. I know you can do it. And, um, 
And then the movie ends, he asks, he asks Somi, uh, Tyshik asks her if he can have a hug. He's, he says, just once let me hug you. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, he asks Somi if he can have a hug. And Somi opens her arms and they hug and Tyshik is crying. And then the movie ends. That's the man from nowhere. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's even hard for me to talk about. It's uh, yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, this is a great movie. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you get so angry with me, babe. But yeah, I don't regret it. I love this movie. I'm glad we watched it. It's a good. movie. I'm glad I made you watch it. It's a good <laughs> movie. Yeah, it's it's it. brilliant. It's so it's so good. I love this movie so much. Um, There's only so much I can handle. <laughs> yeah. I will definitely watch this movie again and again and again. And probably one more time after that. Give me a, give me, she will, yeah, give she, me a little while. It probably won't be there, you know. <laughs> but, hey, you know, the more you watch it, the easier it is for you to process. Well, I just told <laughs> so, you the second time I only cried twice. So the next time you might only cry once. <laughs> and I then doubt. eventually you won't cry at all. You'll be dead inside. Great. <laughs> That's just what I want. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You cracked yourself up yeah. there? <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's The Man from Nowhere. This movie is so amazing. And, uh, and something that I'm kind of excited for. Like, I don't know what the deal is here. Um, but there are rumors. There have been for the last couple of years. That there's going to be an American remake. But the reason I am saying that I am eager to see this is because the one and only Chad Stahelski is allegedly behind it. So If anybody can do it, it's him. It's the man behind John Wick. So, yeah. I really hope that does happen because I want to see what he does. Chad Stahelski's a fucking genius. And, you know, normally American remakes don't normally I well. Wouldn't, yeah, normally I wouldn't be amped for that, but because it's Chad Stahelski, yeah, yeah. I will check it out. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's just an American remake. There was also an Indian remake that was, uh, that was released in, when was it? Um, uh, 2016. It was an Indian remake called Rocky Handsome, which is a really weird title. You very I don't know why they call it Rocky Handsome, but yeah, it's a Rocky Handsome Indian remake of The Man From Nowhere. I've seen a little bit of it. I've watched a couple of clips. The final fight sequence, like the, like... Like the big one they do at the end, like they did here, it's almost exactly like the one in this one. And I was like, that's kind of uh, not sad. That's not the word I want to use. <laughs> um, I almost said kind of sad because you know disappointing. Yeah, I guess you know because I they I don't think they tried. They they didn't try very hard to do they something just copied it, to do yeah. something different. It's not like movement for movement exactly the same, but the uh, progression of it is all very, very similar. So I was just like, eh, I'd just probably rather just watch the original. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's the main from over. That's it for the main topic. Check out this movie. It is so amazing. With that out of the way, what's, what's up next, babe? Listener questions. Listener questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, Sorry, I'm gathering myself yeah, over here. Yeah, he's... She's emotionally unstable right now. <laughs> Very much so. So yeah, it's time for listener questions. We have, we only have two this week, but um, 
but uh, one of them is really fun. We'll get there. So yeah, uh, shout out to uh, the Asian Cinema Circle. Our question, our questions are once again from two two members of two fellow members of the Asian Cinema Circle. Our first question comes to us from Leon from Hong Kong Blu-rays. I've talked about him before. Check out his YouTube channel, his Instagram, his Facebook. Leon's a great guy. I love his stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah, Leon asks. Um, uh, if the man from nowhere was to get a new special edition Blu-ray, who would you like to release it and who would you pick for the cover art? Great question. And it's a very simple answer for me. 88 films. I think they would, I think they would be the ones to release a, 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 a special edition Blu-ray of the man from nowhere. And the reason I say that is because this just seems like one of those movies that's like right up their alley because they were, they, they released a lot of like Jackie's modern stuff, like the protector, you know, and they're released. They just released the Tiger Cage set, which I got. Uh, 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 did that come in yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. It came in yesterday. Yeah, Amber bought me the Tiger Cage Blu-ray set from '88 Films as an early birthday gift. So thanks, babe. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, and I watched Tiger Cage too today. The movie's so much fun. I really liked it. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, the, the Man from Nowhere just seems like a movie that would be up '88 Films. Uh, alley because they've done tiger cage the tiger cage series they are releasing police story three super cop they're releasing writing wrongs so i, I yeah i i think 88 films would probably be the company to release a, a blu-ray of this as far as the cover art goes i'm gonna say either kung fu bob or sean longmore sean longmore did the cover art for tiger cage the tiger cage set obviously and he's also doing the cover art for writing wrongs and he's doing it, doing it for uh, Magnificent Warriors release, and I think he's doing it for Gorgeous too. But he does some great art. Kung Fu Bob has also done some amazing art as well. He did the art for like pretty almost all the Jackie Chan of '88 releases. His cover art for Jackie Chan's Protector, like that cover art for the Blu-ray, I really love that cover. It's one of my favorite pieces that he's done. So yeah, uh, see so yeah, what company, '88 Films, what artist, Sean Longmore or Kung Fu Bob? I can't pick just one. It's it's, it's one of them. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for the question, Leon. And then our final question comes from uh, Tristan, a.k.a. the Martial Arts Film Freak. And Tristan had a pretty uh, interesting question. And I don't know if we're going to... This sounds like something we would have a really long conversation over, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Tristan asks, Who in your house bites the bullet and eats the butt ends of the bread loaf? Or does it get thrown away like a couple of wasteful monsters? Uh, the answer to that is... A little bit of both. For starters, Amber doesn't buy bread like that. She likes to buy. I used to. Yeah, but you haven't in a really long. I haven't time. in a really long time. You 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 like to buy the little Hawaiian rolls nowadays because you like to make like two little sandwiches. Well, yeah, because I take them to work, so yeah, you know, if it's convenient. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm just I'm baffled by I'm baffled that. He would ask this question. No one ever. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> no one ever asks about. Here we are talking about. Bread. Here we are talking about bread. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Amber. Doesn't, All right, you start first. Amber doesn't even buy bread like that. But um, okay. Uh, so who eats the butt ends of the bread? I will say that I have before. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I have. But there have also been times where I didn't. There were times where that was all that was left, and I threw it away. So I'm I'm a wasteful monster, but I'm also I also bite the bullet and eat it sometimes. But um, but yeah, it, it's just it's a bit of a mixed bag for me. But like I said, Amber doesn't even really buy that kind of bread. But yeah, I, I'll just I'll put it that way. Sometimes I sometimes I eat it, and then sometimes I don't. 
Me, on the other hand, I'm a wasteful monster because I, when I was growing up, I was always told not to eat the ends of the bread, the two ends. They tell you nobody likes that. I don't know. <laughs> when I, for as long as I can remember, they'd always say, "You don't want, to, don't worry about the two end pieces. Just eat the middle. Yeah. Like once you get to the last two loaves, don't eat them. Throw them away." So no, I've never I've never ate them because I was always told not to. Right. And I've just stuck to the same routine ever since. So <laughs> I guess I'm a, a wasteful monster, as Tristan yeah. puts it. Yeah. We're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're 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 basically wasteful monsters where we were. Cause, I want to know the context behind this question. I need Tristan to. Ex- I need a, an explanation of. He just asked. How did just, he ask? The, what, how did he think of this question? He, I don't know. What uh, was going through his mind? He was like, "I got it. I know what I'm gonna well, ask." I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I just, uh, I, I went, a, I went out and I just said, "I was like, hey, I'm recording uh, the new episode. We got any questions?" And then Tristan's like, "Yeah, bread." And, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that's so funny." Yeah, I was like, "Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll dive into it, I guess." Oh man, yeah. That, that that was it for listener questions. Thank you to Tristan and Leon. Uh, I hope I get another question like that someday. Mm. Like how do you how do you like your steak? Answers medium. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Thank you, thank you. This was a very fun episode. I had a lot of fun. This was a very this is a very good birthday episode. Again, my birthday's not until next week, but this is a good birthday episode. Um, episode forty nine of Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema will air on September third. And uh, to, uh, you know, today's episode was very uh, emotional and intense and gut wrenching. Uh, but on the next episode, we are going to have a lot of laughs. We are going to be talking about a movie that is very dear to me. A movie that I have watched for many, many years, and I still watch today. A movie that's very special, very, very funny. It's uh, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Yes. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I love Beverly Hills Ninja. It's. Um, uh, Thank God I won't cry during this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. You might cry tears of laughter, though. It's, uh, you that's know, different. From, you might cry from laughing so hard. That's different. Yeah. It's a very funny <laughs> movie. But yeah, September 3rd, 2022, we were talking Beverly Hills Ninja with Chris Farley. I'm looking forward to that. We we love Chris Farley. We love Beverly Hills Ninja. We love Chris's, all of Chris's films, really. But this movie is very special to me. But uh, I will say that for the next episode. So, yeah, September 3rd, episode 49, Beverly Hills and Ninja. Thanks thanks again for joining us. Thanks for listening. Again, this is a very fun birthday episode. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, guys. We love you guys. Until episode 49 on September 3rd, take care. <laughs>